This is, as I mentioned, the third week in Advent, and Advent is a peculiar season, uh, unlike most any. Uh, when Advent was first created, the color for it was actually black, um, and then it was purple. Um, in, in fact, some of you might remember the years of it being purple, and now it's to a more lively blue in, in some way uh, to lighten things up a little bit. Um, but the uh, third week, we light not just three candles, but we, we light the red one, or what's supposed to be a rose color. It's supposed to be rose, but yes, it's pink. And um, this, this was this way because back in the, the ancient times when they were celebrating Advent, uh, the week that they broke their fast was this week, was the, the third week, and they called it the week of joy. And even in the traditional readings, you'll see that they, they start to turn to more joyous things, not just looking around and kind of noticing the issues and the problems of the world, but starting to pay attention to what is in front of us, what is actually coming. And even in our, our readings today that we had, you see that there is a lot of discussion of the time of Christ's returning. And, and it uses a lot of language and, and literature to describe something that, that is really hard for us to even wrap our minds around, but ends with kind of the statement that what we are actually waiting for is a new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness actually dwells. Which is a telling statement because it also makes a statement of the world that we live in today. That we are living in a time and we're living in a place and we're living in a world where righteousness doesn't dwell. Meaning righteousness is not where people's minds are. It's not the place that we go. Think of the language and the imagery and the way we treat one another and you will see that righteousness is not how we gauge success in this world. Very few people, when they are wanting their obituaries written or calling up the New York Times to write it for them, is asking that righteousness be included. In fact, I would say the language of the world has turned to a different type of measure, a measure of cynicism, a measure of doubt, darkness. Now, I, I feel like I'm treading a little heavy here right now because, frankly, in my family, sarcasm is kind of our language of love to one another. But sarcasm and cynicism are a little different, I think. But cynicism is, is the position that a lot of us have taken to the world itself and to each other. We, we find it hard to trust anybody that's in authority because there's no possible way that anybody could ever actually have interest for the better of society. And so we turn to cynicism to handle our politics, our government, our life. We turn to cynicism in dealing with our, our work. And in fact, if, um, if we be, wind up getting unhappy, our boss only receives cynicism from us. It's the approach that we take in everything. And the challenge for us as Christians is to actually not buy into that cynicism. To not have that be our language. No matter how hard it is, we cannot let that actually be. There's a famous theologian, Reinhold Niebuhr, who makes the point that Christians can, can never be two things. 
They can never be people who are just built on ideologies. And they can never be cynical. And he makes that statement because there's something that Christians possess, and that is the hope of what is to come. Our future is not dark. Our future is not death. Our future is not something that is yet to be written. Our future is actually resurrection. Our future is actually light. But if you remember, as we've gone through Advent, what we've talked about is that parable of the sower where he's throwing the seed out and, and the seed lands on the pavement and that seed is, is eaten up by the ravens and the crows and it's, it's taken away and that symbolizes the enemy of God. And then the sower throws it among the rocks but the seed never can get deep enough to actually take root. And because of that, it's so shallow that when a plant comes up, it, it gets scorched and it burns away. There's no root system to keep it uh, getting water and nutri nutrients. And that, that is, is uh, a representation of those that are easy to go away. And then you have the, the seed that lands among the thorns. And it says, as the plant grows, the thorns come and they choke it out. And Jesus describes this as a representation of the, the ways of the world with those that are new to the faith or, or are kind of light in the faith. And they are constantly being... Uh, listeners and hearing from the world and its ways, and that chokes out the oxygen that feeds that seed. And so it, it dies there. We are surrounded by cynicism. We are surrounded by messages of distrust, messages that generally are for themselves. So don't buy into it. This is difficult to hear at this time of year because, frankly, there's, there's a lot of cliché during this season and there's a lot of things that are uh, hard to buy into and, and it's really easy to be cynical about trying to be joyful and happy and, and, um, and less eggnog is involved, I'm kind of out, you know. But there's, there's a lot of reason to hope. Uh, if you remember last week and you were here, you notice that I, I snuck out a little early and, and Pastor Schatz took over and he said, by the way, that you were all very nice to him and he thanks you for that. Um, my wife and I went downtown for a fundraiser for a theater group and um, the fundraiser was to listen to a live um, show of the Charlie Brown Christmas music, you know, the Vince Baraldi uh, jazz rendition. And they had their on the center of the, the stage, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You, do you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Uh, where it's, it's about yay high and it just has two or three branches. It's the exact opposite of the tree that we have <laughs> in our sanctuary. And it, it, it's just got two boards together to hold up this basic twig coming up and it's got one, one uh, ornament on it. And do you remember when he puts the ornament on it, what happens to the tree? And I, I commented to my wife right now that, that sometimes that's kind of how I feel these days. Uh, it's, it's been a rough year. We've, we've had a number of deaths in our family. Uh, my, my associate, my, my partner in crime, took a call. Um, not to mention just everything going on 
within our own news. <laughs> it kind of keeps adding up. And, and it was interesting talking to people in the crowd there about the tree, just finding out what they thought of it, and how many people felt like, well, that's kind of like my Christmas is a little bit like that. And so it's easy for us to not find any hope of the things that are going on. And Advent is not just turning towards the dark to remember the world as its state and to lament and repent of it, but is to actually remember that a light is coming into the world, that there is actually hope for something different. And it brings us to this important theological point that though we never really talk about it much, should never be forgotten. The now and not yet. The now and the not yet. The now is that Christ has come. He, he comes in his word. He comes in his sacraments. We have his word washing over us in baptism. We have his body and blood given to us and we feed on it. We have his word that comes in the midst of darkness to encourage us. Uh, encourage us. But we also have the not yet, which is the kingdom that is to come. The time when righteousness will actually reign where the bickering will, will finally stop and death will no longer be. We have that coming for us because His Word is trustworthy and true. And when we know that, we can actually look around and we can see the ways in which it's begun. There's actually a lot that should give us hope. There's a lot, not just in this season, but there, there's a lot that's going on that should just give us hope. Some of it is the people that are gathered here with you now. People that, that have a lot of going on in their life. But yet, on a, on a dark Sunday night, for whatever reason, still find that hearing the Word of God is something important. Coming and sitting in boring silence actually does something. There's a lot to hope for because at one point in time, there were different churches who, who were dying on their own. And instead of holding on to their legacies and holding on to all the things that many people find important, like what their comfort zone was, they, they threw them all off and they, they made Lamb of God. And because of that, the gospel is being made known here and in Lake City by neighbors that no one else would dare go and talk to. There's actually a lot to hope for in this world. Did, did you realize this year we saw a few miracles occur? There was a, the crime of a, of a young black man being shot in an apartment. And at the conviction of, of the police officer that did it, his brother walked across the courtroom and forgave the police officer. Did, didn't take up arms, didn't go to Twitter, didn't do anything to raise up fear and anger, but did the hardest thing that any of us could ever do. Walk across the room and forgive. That's the beginning of righteousness. That's hope. 
being shown in this world. Jesus tells us in our reading tonight to take heart, for I have already overcome the world. He tells us earlier in John chapter 14, as he's starting to bid farewell to his disciples because his death is about to occur, he says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Not as the world gives you peace, but a lasting peace. This is the peace that we celebrate during this season and we look forward to arriving in its fullness at the end of time. It is the very thing that gives us hope and fights back that cynicism because we no longer have to turn to war. We no longer have to turn to anger. We no longer have to turn to violence. We no longer have to worry about defending ourselves of such things because Christ has already overcome the world. The worst it has to offer is death, and he overcame that with his resurrection. The thing that it uses to haunt you in, in cynicism and everything else is guilt of the things of our own past, and he took care of that with his crucifixion. So take heart. Take heart in your rejection of the things of this world, for Christ has already overcome them. And have hope, for there is more to come. Amen.